0: This is Express FM. Supported by the University of Portsmouth.
1: Wait for the whistle to blow and we are underway on Express
2: FM. For the fans, by the fans. The atmosphere around Fratton at the moment is great and that's spilled over into the training ground and the boys are very, very positive. Giving you a voice.
1: Everyone has had a smile on their face. It's going really well and it's up to us to keep that, even in the tough moments.
2: This is The
0: Football Hour. And
3: it's a good one.
0: With Jake Smith.
3: The Blues will be bidding to get back to winning ways this weekend after a mad five minutes saw them throw away all three points away at Cheltenham last time out. And Morel, can get it back to shot to see who's
1: given the ball away. A serpent scores!
3: Pompey welcomed Leighton Orient to Fratton Park tomorrow afternoon for match day number 27 out of 46 in League One. We'll be looking forward to that one as well as hearing what Paddy Lane has had to say ahead of it too. The winger has also been speaking about how it feels when he puts
4: the ball into the back of the net. I pay unbelievable amounts of money to capture that feeling, but the goals mean nothing if we're not winning. So I'd rather, you know, be turning them games into three points, to be honest.
3: More from Paddy Lane there as he also talks about one whole year on the south coast, and we've got John Masingo on the way too with a gutting piece of news on Alex Robertson and what that does to the recruitment
2: plans for this transfer window. With Robbo being out for the length of time he's out, it's to maybe add add something in that area and. Um... It's difficult to find someone with the flexibility that Robbo has in terms of playing as a 6 and as a 10. We'll talk about his injury and the January transfer window in detail on the show
3: as we begin to look ahead to tomorrow's game and the rest of the month too. Well, it's not just for men who are playing this weekend. The Pompey women are hosting United on Sunday for a top-of-the-table clash in the FA Women's National League Southern Premier Division. Midfielder Annie Rolfe has been looking ahead to that one and emphasizing the importance of maintaining a strong record on home soil.
5: They have to make sure that they're switched on because we want our home pitch to be our home pitch. You know, we don't want anyone to know that they can come to our home pitch and, you know, just roll us over. So. Think that's the determination that we're going for this this weekend
3: head coach jay sadler to come to assessing his 200 games in charge as well as providing a clear statement with regards to what he wants to see come the end of this season
6: i'm immensely proud of, of the journey that i've personally been on and the team has been on um however the one milestone we want is the league title and that's something that we essentially won't stop until we get
3: plenty coming your way between now and seven o'clock welcome to express fm where you're listening to the football hour the football hour driven by stagecoach across the south download the app now from the app store or google play to view up-to-date timetable information and to prepay for your journey
0: express fm
3: yes hello and thank you for joining us here on this friday night edition of the football hour on 93.7 express fm how are we i trust you're keeping well We've got two more Blues Voices on the show with us this evening to talk all things Pompey and to look ahead to tomorrow's meeting with Leighton Orient. We'll get the thoughts of those two soon, as well as Paddy Lane and John Massinio to come too. And later, we'll be previewing the second of two big games coming up this weekend with the help of midfielder Annie Rolfe and head coach Jay Sadler. We'll be looking ahead to Sunday's visit of Hashtag United to Wesley Park for the Pompey women. But we start off the show with a recap of last time around for Portsmouth men who went into their game against Cheltenham Town off the back of a 2-1 victory over Stevenage on New Year's Day. Every kick. Left
1: a great delivery. Every goal. Curling
0: it past the goalkeeper. Every game is right here. Oh! Pompey live. What a moment for Pompey! On Express FM. Kamara cutting in
1: field, Williams got a foot in. Referee flags, but play goes on and Kamara into the box and then falls to the ground. And corner is the decision by the
2: referee. It's either a a goal kick or a penalty, isn't it?
1: Lane looks to drill it across and... uh, Oh, that's clumsy from Keltenham. And Portsmouth are not going to have a penalty kick. And Abu Kamara is going to get a yellow card a simulation when the whistle was blown by the referee. Yeah, you. I was at, sure he was going to point to the
2: spot. You look at the reaction of Portsmouth players instantly. Three or four of them are going to the referee and can't believe it. And I think that tells you that I'm not quite sure whether the referee got that one right.
1: Charlton get to the ball, is laid by the dead ball line, nodding it back. Raggett back to goal, turns it in, and the ball's going to go in the net. And Portsmouth have scored, and I think it's an own goal. Yeah. Raggett's getting the credit for making it. I
7: think it was Bradbury, wasn't it, number four?
1: He took a swing at the ball. Southwood had no chance. It's the silky skills of Sean Raggett with his back to goal, and the 6 side <laughs> Rocks that have made it. Yeah. It's Cheltenham-Nil, Portsmouth-1. Throats come into their penalty area. Long one towards the near post. Bouncing around, danger here. shots going to go into the net. And Liam Serkham has equalised for Cheltenham. Less than two minutes, a long throw to the penalty area not dealt with. Liam Sercombe scores against Portsmouth yet again, and the lead is wiped out. And Morel get it back to Shottersee, who's given the ball away, and Sercombe scores. second half, both from Liam Serkham. It's Cheltenham one, uh, Cheltenham two, Portes one. Can he get the delivery right? Chipped in towards the far post. Bishop is not going to get there head of Davis, drag it into the danger area. Bishop lays it for White, shot blocked and deflects wide for a corner kick. And Sadie still waits. Sadie with the ball looking for Bishop in the area. It's in perfect. Bishop, he's overrun it. Keeper's lost it and regathers it.
2: Fine margins, eh? really fine margins i think if you know what if bishop had gone down there there was a case for a penalty as he chested that ball past the defender but he didn't he kept his feet because he thought he was going to get on the end of it and then he slipped goalkeepers come out and eventually claimed it good play by Sadie. immediate impact scully on the overlap rafferty
1: coming forward rafferty crosses it's a decent cross bishop's header is over and that brings the game to an end with a good chance with the final kick of the game Portsmouth can't take advantage
0: All the unmissable action Pompey live on Express FM
3: Defeat for Pompey last time out then but they do remain top of League One as Bolton were in FA Cup action last weekend and therefore unable to leapfrog the Blues who have 53 points on the board after 26 matches whereas the Trotters are just two points behind and with two games in hand Peterborough, Derby, Oxford and Barnsley make up the rest of the top six, with Reading, Cheltenham, Carlisle and Fleetwood currently in the drop zone. Tomorrow's opponents, Leighton Orient, sit comfortably in 12th, but more on them later. Let's welcome in our two guests for this evening's show now then, and I'm pleased to say joining us first of all is Matt Corrick. Matt, uh, thank you very much for calling in tonight
8: not a problem at all, Jack. Uh, Jake, even. <laughs> 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 I
3: don't know where that came from. That's a um, cracking start. <laughs> Matt, great to have you on the show tonight. Um, we just heard there the highlights from last weekend's game against Cheltenham. Of course, we had all a Monday night show um, to review that in great detail. But just a brief word on that one. Um, do you think Pompey were unlucky not to get anything out of that game? Or do you think they need to buck up their ideas for tomorrow?
8: I mean, question of luck, really, isn't it? I mean, the amount of chances we had, we, we really should have been taking them, to be honest with you. So, I mean, it's disappointing on that factor. And I mean, whether whether you blame the injuries or, or not, really, but I, I think there's something lacking there at the moment. And I think we certainly need to buck up our ideas based on the performances over the last probably sort of four games, really, to be honest
9: with you. Mm-hmm.
3: And alongside myself and Matt up until seven, we have Mr. Josh Sweetman. Good evening, Josh. I hope you get my name right.
9: Uh, lovely to meet you, Jack. No, <laughs> uh, good to see you, Jack. <laughs> uh, good to call in again. It's been a pleasure as always.
3: Lovely to have you. Um, Josh, what did you make of the performance last weekend? Not the result itself, but the performance overall?
9: It's, uh, I think it was a bit of a stuttering performance. I think it's all well and good in saying we had the chances to win the game, like, win the game easily. We probably did, but I wouldn't class them as clear-cut chances. I think they were the sort of it, it, it was the sort of game where if you t- you take the rubbish chance you get you win two three one maybe um, but I never felt like we were we were missing sitters or we I, I never sat there thinking how are we not three 0 up in this game I yeah. thought I thought one nil I thought our, our luck a change like scrappy scrappy own goal you think oh it's exactly what we need to win um, especially when you're top of the league trying to make the point and then I I never felt at one nil that. We were, we were completely in charge. So I thought we de- definitely had more of the ball, but I never thought they were, they were clear-cut chances. Hmm.
3: Well, moving on away from that then, because you don't want to dwell on it too much, but um, moving on to really the transfer window now, Matt. Josh Olawayimi has moved away from Pompey. He was uh, recalled from his loan at Chelmsford City. Her contract terminated at Fratton Park. He's moved to the pre- uh, finish Premier Division, um, FC Lattie. Um So, yeah, Josh Oluwemi, the young goalkeeper, is no longer a Portsmouth player. Um, d- does that come as much of
8: a, of a surprise to you? Uh, no, not really. I, th- I think, to be honest with you, when the loan went out to Chelmsford, I think, you know, it, it almost sort of kind of wrote his destiny and the fact that it wasn't even sort of like a, you know, National League, South National League sort of loan for him. And I, I think it sort of really... Kind of gave us an answer to the quality of him. I mean, obviously, you know, the, I'm I'm not sort of going to say that he he didn't, you know, put on a couple of performances for us because he he most certainly did in in a couple of the the um, I suppose uh, Pizza Trophy or Johnson's Bank Trophy, whatever it was at the time, um, but. You know, it, it just sort of seemed to, to kind of end it for him when he went mm-hmm. to Chelmsford, really, to be honest with you. And I think, you know, going to the Finnish Premier Division, it probably sums it up, really.
3: Yeah. Um, in a statement um, from Josh Olawayimi on X, uh, saying, My time's coming to an end. I want to thank everyone at the club, from the manager to the kitmen. I want to thank the club for coming to an agreement and understanding this is important for my career at this stage. Again, I wish my teammates all the best this season because they work hard every day. Uh, day in, day out. Last of all, I want to thank the fans for their support and take me in from my first day at the club, Playout Pompey, um, is what Josh Oluwemi has had to say on Twitter. I'm sure I'm speaking on behalf of everyone here uh, at Express FM and wishing Josh Oluwemi the best of luck at his new club and in his future endeavours. That has meant um, Josh, that Pompey potentially in the market for a new goalkeeper. Um, Ryan Schofield was the second choice to Will Norris this season. We've seen him in a couple of trophy matches. Matt Macy returning to Fratton Park. What did you make of that prospect?
9: I think it's a brilliant start, And I, I think if you'd asked 95% of Pobby fans at the start of the season before, sort of Will Norris, and probably even when Will Norris's name was sort of thrown about, that they would have taken Matt Macy based off his performances in a Pompey shirt last season. Um, and I also do think that this window for the Eisners is, is crucial. It is one of those that, in my opinion, you're top of the league. You're in a position where we've got injuries, but you're top of the league. I think you have to throw money at it. Not not stupid, stupid amounts, but you have to throw money at it and say, look, if we get promoted, we'll recoup this money through the better TV package in the championship. More money coming in that way. If we don't get promoted, maybe next season's budget takes a little bit of a hit. But I think they've got to go for it. And bringing in a keeper of Matt Macy's quality, would be an absolute, it's absolutely brilliant because even as a number two, hmm. like, and, Scott, and unfortunately, Ryan Scofield has not filled me with any confidence at all during this, during the um, the checker trade, the pap- whatever, whatever it was, it <laughs> the Bristol, Bristol Motors trophy now, Bristol Street um, Motors,
3: yeah, lost count really, as well, uh, yeah,
9: it was 50 different days, but um, I, I think it's a crucial move, but also if that's the sort of caliber of player that we're going to be bringing in hmm. as a backup, I really, really hope that the caliber of player we're bringing in. as a starter for January is going to be like that and then that it's got all the potential to be a really exciting window for Pompey.
3: Yeah, that's really taken the next question out of my mouth to yourself, Matt. If if, if a keeper of such quality has been brought in with the likely intention of being number two to Will Norris, that does bode well for the remainder of the window in other areas for Blues fans, doesn't it?
8: Oh, most certainly. Most certainly. I mean, it's a massive statement, isn't it? And, you know, if we can bring in, you know, quality across the board, which is whether it's second string or whether it's first string, you know, it's going to make a massive statement to to the teams in League One chasing. And, you know, hopefully it will. Kind of push us over the line at the end of the season, and we'll we'll be looking back at a January transfer window for once with glee rather than you know gloom, which I think we have done previously. So, I mean, it it would be, it's just a, a massive massive name to be linked with the club and and come through the door. And and quite frankly, you know, for me, I, I think you know there might be a, a a few sort of eyebrows raised as the first one, but it, it's just a, it's a great signing, isn't it? Really, to be honest with you.
3: Okay, then let's move on and start to look ahead to tomorrow's game now. Leighton Orient are the visitors to Fratton Park tomorrow and Paddy Lane has been speaking to
4: George Wedlake ahead of this one.
10: First up, then approaching your one-year anniversary as a Pompey player, how would you sum up your 12 months here?
4: Yeah, yeah, like I say, it's um, been open and honest about just how much I do love it down here and, you know, hopefully long may it continue because, you know, the the friendships (laughs) and and the relationships I've got around the building and with the fans, it's very good.
10: And uh, arriving at a club in January during the transfer window, what's that like because you're kind of halfway through?
4: Yeah, you know, I, I wanted to be able to come down here and and make connections really quick, and that's what I did last year. And like I ended the season really strongly. It's it's hectic on the day, but once you know you find your feet a couple of weeks in it, it's brilliant. Any big differences compared to you know
10: the second half of the season last year that you oversaw compared to the first half of this season?
4: Obviously, it was a change a change in personnel, players wise, a bit a big uh, change, and you know. you're able to see the changes, you know, with the results on the pitch, and and everyone gets on really well down here last year. And that's no disrespect to the players that were here last year. It's just I came into it late, so I I weren't able to form them relationships that I've got this year. Really,
10: uh, it was a tough game at the weekend. Things didn't really go your way. Um, what's the mood been like around the camp this week? How how are the players? Is
4: the belief kind of still there? Same as ever. You know, we're top of the league for a reason, so the belief's always there. Um, I mean, there was a difficult period for you in that game, which uh, you scored a great goal. Uh, but it was it was disallowed. Uh, whistle went just before. Any sort of views on that? Listen, the officials had the game they had on the weekend. I'm not going to comment on what they were. I think people um, all around the ground saw what what just what they were like. But yeah, that's not for me to comment on.
10: Uh, so we spoke to Abu last week. He's enjoying his time on the right lately. You've now moved to the left, left as a consequence of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, are, are, would you say you've benefited from that switch?
4: Yeah, 100. percent I think you know I've scored um, more goals from the left, and i I've, I've I think. From what I remember I've been involved in more chances from the left as well, so that's something the gaffer seen and he spoke to us both about it. and you know we keep um we keep playing them roles how we are doing and you know there's no reason why we can't keep creating chances.
10: Do you have a preferred position?
4: Not really, no, like I say, as long as I'm on the t- on the on the on the pitch helping the team and, and doing what the gaffer asks, then that's all I can ask for.
10: Yeah, and getting your name on the score sheet a fair few times this season now. How's that been for you?
4: Yeah, um it's, it's unbelievable. Like I say if I I'd pay Unbelievable amounts of money to capture that feeling, um, but the goals mean nothing if we're not winning. So I'd rather, you know, be turning them games into three points. To be honest.
10: Next up is Leighton Orient visiting Fratton Park. What are your expectations for this one?
4: Every game is the same, and they one every every game's tough. There's no opponent that's, you know, that we 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 turn them thinking, you know, oh, you know, we're just going to roll over these today. Every game's just as tough. So it's going to be a tough game that they'll be they'll be up for it, and so will we. And what's the key for you to getting back to winning ways? Do you think? Just do what we've been doing all season, to be honest. I mean, I don't know how many losses it is, two, three. Um, but three losses in the season, uh, you know, we, we're we not panicking. We, we've still got full belief. So, yeah, I don't think anything, any drastic changes need to be made.
3: Paddy Lane there speaking with George Wedlake at the Blues training ground earlier this week, where George also caught up with boss John Monsigno. We'll be hearing from him later in this evening's show. But for now, back to Matt and Josh. And Josh, we just heard that from Paddy Lane speaking to George Wedlake in his pre-match interview. Um, how important do you think he's been to Pompey this season and, and how crucial of a role does he have to play between now and the end of the campaign?
9: I think he's been absolutely fantastic. I think if you ask me who's playing on the wing for Pompey, who are the first names that I want to see, it's always Paddy Lane and Abu Kamara. Um, I, I would genuinely class Paddy Lane as Probably being our best January signing for quite some time. We know we know some of the some of the uh, the strange strange pun that we have signed in January that has just not worked at all. But Paddy Lane has been one of the really really positive um, incomings that we've had. Um, and yeah, I think he's got all the potential to be a Championship player. You can see he, uh, he's not quite at the eight out of ten consistently every week at the moment, but he's still young. He's got a lot to learn, and I think he's been absolutely brilliant. And if it, if he can keep up with goals and assists especially if other people in the team keep chipping in and around colby as well then yeah i think we've got a great player on our hands lads cheers
3: for now we'll bring matt and josh back into the conversation later in the show but it's time to move on now to talk about pompey's women because they have a massive game coming up this weekend too after the break we'll be previewing sunday's visit of hashtag united to wesley park as well as hearing from annie rolfe and jay sadler The gaffer has been building up to the match and also talking about the fat, but he's recently reached the milestone of 200 games in charge of Portsmouth, highlighting that the squad he's got at the moment is one of the best he's had.
6: I've worked over my seven and a half years now with, with plenty of different squads and the character, the camaraderie, the togetherness, but also the hunger and the strive for excellence. We know where we're at, but we know there's still a lot of growth and a lot of learning to do. This team we have now of staff and players is destined to be great, but we know we've got a lot of work to get there.
0: More of that coming up next. Don't go anywhere. For the fans, by the fans. The Football Hour with Jake Smith on Express FM.
11: The new stagecoach, Flexi5. A bus ticket that works when you do. For those who travel often, but not every day. These new flexible bus tickets are available as Flexi 5. Bundles of 5 day riders for the price of 4. And Flexi 10. Bundles of 10 day riders for the price of 7. Flexi tickets are now available to download via the Stagecoach bus app. Download Flexi 5 or Flexi 10 from Apple App Store or Google Play today. For more information, visit stagecoachbus.com.
0: For the fans, by the fans, The Football Hour with Jake Smith on Express FM. Welcome back
3: to The Football Hour on Express FM. Thank you for joining us here on this Friday night. We're on way after seven. You'll have Steve Randall bringing you the latest edition of School Days to ramp up your start to the weekend. But before then, we have plenty more to bring you from the world of Pompey. Matt Corrick and Josh Sweetman will be back with us a little later on, but for now, we move away from Portsmouth men and turn our focus to the women's side, who too have a big home match to look forward to this weekend. Last time out, the Minty Army, as they are known, were back to winning ways with a 1-0 victory away at Billericay Town, a maximum points haul which marked eight consecutive league wins for Jay Sadler's side. We'll be hearing from him shortly. But first midfielder Annie Rolfe, she made her 50th appearance for the club last weekend. And I asked her about that as well as her thoughts on the performance.
5: Uh, You know, like it takes a whole team. And I think that that's kind of where we were at. You know, the first game back after Christmas is always probably going to be the hardest because, you know, we've had a little bit of a break, taking our foot off the pedal a little bit. Um, But just to be able to dig deep and get that win, you know, walking away with three points is... Pretty, pretty good for us, so yeah.
3: That game also marked your 50th Pompey appearance. How does it feel on a personal level to have reached that landmark?
5: God, I feel like a bit of a veteran, I'm not going <laughs> to lie. Um, no, it feels amazing. I, um, I obviously joined the club just shy of two two years now, um, so just to be able to hit that, that sort of landmark in what feels like such a short amount of time um, is amazing and obviously one that I want to keep pushing on
3: now, something special seems to be happening with the Pompey women this season. Is that something that can be felt amongst the squad as much as it is the fan base too?
5: I think as, as special as it feels, you know, we are we are pretty grounded. We're a pretty grounded group. Um, we're like very humble, although we know what we can go on and achieve and how special we can make this season. I think that um, the kind of consensus within the camp is that we are just taking it game by game, you know, training session by training session. So... Although we all have that sort of excitement in our bellies, um, we're just trying to keep our keep our heads switched on and just making sure that we go through each game as it comes.
3: Now, you've recently returned from a spell on the sidelines. What was your recovery like and how did it feel to be back in between for the match last weekend?
5: Yeah, you know, the recovery has felt like forever. You know, there's only so many um, things you can do in the gym, especially when you're returning from an injury and hitting on that one specific area. So you know, just to even be back in training fully with the squad, um, even seeing them X amount of times a week, you know, there was a couple of weeks where, you know, I'd only see them once a week or whatever because I wouldn't be able to go down and join in with training sessions as such. So even to just be back in and amongst the girls is amazing. But then to even be involved with them on a game day, you know, it's something that I didn't think would happen so so quickly. But one thing that I'm, you know, super grateful for.
3: And you talk there about the physical aspects of being injured, but but what does it do to you mentally as a player, having to sort of sit back and watch your teammates get on with things, knowing there's not really a lot you can do about it?
5: Yeah, mentally, um, from a personal perspective, it, it is a killer. Um, you know, you go from seeing the girls and being around them. You know, we train three three nights a week and we play games on a Sunday. So you take all of that and all that time that you, that you are with the girls and just have that slashed, almost, over halfway is just you know it is it is a big killer but the group that we've got you know like even even the weeks that I I wouldn't see him the amount of the girls that would just reach out to me and check that I was okay the group that we have is honestly so special that it's just make it's made me very grateful to be able to be back in and around them so yeah um although it was a mental challenge you know I had the right people around me.
3: You mentioned it being a good group of players for how they responded in welcoming you back from injury, but also a good bunch to clearly not let that defeat to Southampton in the FA Cup just before Christmas get to them too much, returning straight back to winning ways last weekend.
5: Yeah, yeah, you know, like we took the Southampton game in and, and I mean, everyone's trying to push for that next level. You know, obviously our, our goal is this season, you know, to try and push for promotion. So when we got drawn against Southampton, although it was, you know, the big hype around the South Coast derby and stuff, you know, that's the level that we want to be at next season. So so if we would have gone into that game of our tails in between our legs, because, you know, we're a league below, we wouldn't have got anything out of it. So just to be able to go into that game and especially the girls, like how they how they applied themselves, just even the week of training into that game. It was such a professional feeling and, you know, and it just shows that we can do it. So I think having that... It was a shame that we lost, but, you know, it, it really set the bar. So now every game, it's how do we hit, hit that level that we've shown that we can get to.
3: So hashtag United up next. It's the clash of the top two in the league. Now, it's easy to get excited for this one. But from within the camp, has the training and preparation been just like it would for any other game?
5: Yeah, yeah. You know, um, training training sessions are always the same. You know, we try and have a full, like, full focus you know you get there you have a little laugh and joke around with the girls but as soon as you step onto that pitch you know that we've got to get we've got we've got 2 hours sometimes just shy of that and we've got to get the job done like we've got to get we've got to get all of the points out that we need to get done in that training session and i think that everyone's got like that sort of head on that we need to make sure that we get this right because at any point if we have a slip you know not just against hashtag but against any team that drop in points it could be very detrimental so um, I think that just having that, you know, we've had a couple of sessions with the um, psychology team. You know, how do we deal with pressure and how do we deal with situations like that we will be in this weekend? You know, because it is a pressurised situation. And uh, yeah, just being able to make sure that as we as we go into the game, you know, we are, we're as prepared as what we possibly can be. So not really taking any of our time for granted.
3: And what kind of challenge do you expect from what is the only side that has beaten Pompey in the league so far this season?
5: yeah I think that we'll probably be looking at like quite a quite a physical game um probably one of kind of two halves we'll be probably looking at like a very frustrating aspect of the game you know we've done a little bit of we've dug a little deep into how hashtag play and and also the things that kind of went wrong for us in the last game and it's kind of um how do we put it right this sunday you know how do we how do we show that um we are able to compete with teams at the top of the league. And and I mean, it's credit to Hashtag, you know, they came into the league and, and they've just come up and they're they're the underdogs really and they're really proving themselves. So it's how do we, not only how do we get ourselves up there to make sure that this is a first v second battle and we can win this game, but also mm-hmm. as well, how do we just prove to people that, you know, not only are we the team to beat, but ha- like, how do we show people that, they have to come to us and they have to make sure that they're switched on because we want our home pitch to be our home pitch. You know, we don't want anyone to know that they can come to our home pitch and, you know, just roll us over. So I think that's the determination that we're going for this this weekend is just showing up and showing ourselves.
3: Annie Rollfair speaking after her 50th Pompey appearance and ahead of Sunday's top of the table clash with Hashtag United. It's second versus first at Wesley Park, with Jay Sadler's side just behind the visitors as things stand. Pompey have 30 points after 11 matches whereas their opponents Billericchi are top on 33 points however have played two games more a win on Sunday would put Portsmouth at the top of the pile with two games still in hand on their closest rivals here's what their gaffers had to say ahead of the match as well as recently hitting 200 games in charge Jay a 1-0 win at Billericchi last time out was that match as difficult as the scoreline suggested
6: I'd say it posed its challenges I'd say it was a tight game because of um, structure we had to face in Biliriki. And they were very different to what we anticipated. The last time we played them, they were a very expressive, free-flowing, transitional team, which left spaces and were able to exploit them. Um, and we were ruthless. This time, they nullified those spaces. Sat into a 4 block. And that frustrated us. There was certain antics as well with, with the speed of their play uh, and, and to affect our rhythm. And we've got to get used to that now. I think it's testament to, to us as a team that, that that's the way they wanted to employ. And it was just going to be a game of patience, find the right moments. We created a few half-cut chances first off. And then when the subs came on, they, they livened it up, they freshened it up. Um, and then when we had one big moment, we took it. Uh, and, and then we saw the game out without real threat um, faced against us.
3: And how important is it to maintain the standards set in that win last weekend heading into the meeting with Hashtag?
6: It's so important. And we spoke about that before the Billericay game, how we can maintain those standards that we set in the Southampton game pre-Christmas um, to ensure when we do come back into, it, into the new year, following our break, that our rhythm and our momentum hasn't been stifled. And for us, the way we were performing, the way we were playing, that the Christmas break was nice to, to reset. But it, we also had... A little bit of scepticism around it because we didn't want it to, as you said, disrupt the good work we've been doing. So now we've got that win under our belt against Ricky which was massive. Um, it was similar to, to last year when we had Southampton in the Cup. We still had to get over the hurdle. That was London Beast. We've done that now with Ricky and all focus and attention on going on hashtag now Sunday.
3: Now, I know many managers will say that they don't look at league tables and stats, but I'm sure you're aware that the win at Billericay marked eight in a row in the league for your side. A feat which surpasses any winning run achieved by the Blues title winning sides of 2012 and 2015. And it also marks the longest winning streak of your tenure at the club. What does that remarkable statistic say about your side's professionalism and ability to secure wins under different kinds of circumstances?
6: Yeah, and I, and I hate the cliche, we don't look at the table after the Ricky win. It was probably the first time I sat and looked at the table and gone, you know what? Fair play. We, we've, we've laid some real solid ground. Um, some real solid groundwork has been done to get us in that position. However, I want to be looking at that at the end of the season and see us on top spot. So what do we have to do now to get there and to stay there? But it just shows the character of this group. Um, I've worked over my seven and a half years now with, with plenty of different squads. And the character the camaraderie the togetherness but also the, the 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 hunger and the strive for excellence we know where we're at but we know there's still a lot of growth and a lot of learning um to do i wasn't aware that we were on an eight winning run in it would surpass and when you talk about surpassing those great teams, they were great teams under vanessa rainbird under perry northeast you had players that that got on to play in the super league and in the top level and they were great teams and this team we have now of staff and players is destined to be great, but we know we've got a lot of work to get there and and that's where we essentially want to get to as as staff and players.
3: That win last Sunday was also your 200th game as head coach of the Pompey Women. Congratulations on that. How would you assess the progress that has been made since you first stepped through the door all of them years ago?
6: Yeah, I'd say bags under the eyes and plenty of grey hairs. Um, It's been one hell of a journey um, to get to 200. And obviously within that period, we had two... Covid hit seasons that obviously affected um, our campaigns. But, no, it's been a great journey um, and I see the journey made not only internally with, with our group of players and, and the staff. And you look at the staffing structure now, you look at the semi-professionalism or the professionalism, I'd say, of where we've come from to where we are now and, and the evolution of the game. Um, but we're able to keep up with that due to the foundation that we've got. And that was passed on by, by Mark Catlin on to Andy Cullen, who has done a terrific job and continues to work hard with, with all of his staff at, at the football club. And then obviously the Eisners um, and their support, the Tornante support, which has been really beneficial, not only on the pitch, but, but also off it. And we have big ambitions and big goals, but to do that, you, you need a process. We have a process in place and, and now we can continue to strive. So I'm immensely proud of, of the journey that i personally been on and the team has been on. Um, however, the one milestone we want is the league title and that's something that we essentially won't stop until we get.
3: Hashtag United of the opponents at Wesley Park this Sunday. Second versus first with your side just below. But with two games in hand, how have you and your team been feeling in the preparation for what is quite you know, fairly being billed in the media as such a big game?
6: Yeah, and I think there's a lot of talk. I think take away the name hashtag and everyone looks at hashtag and thinks they're a good team. They're a good team. They are where they are for a reason. They're competing at the top of this league. They come off the back of of winning their league and they've got a lot of momentum. They've got a lot of confidence. They've got a way of playing and they stick to the way of playing and they back themselves. So it's going to be a tight game. Um, it it really is but once we got through the Biliriki game and we sat on the coach then I felt that the focus then started to turn and this week we've been we've been doing a lot of work with our psych um, around pressure and dealing with pressure and what is pressure Um, because players are going to feel the pressure now it's a privilege to be in this position it shows um, that we must be doing things right to be in this position to be playing against a top team um, at home and Essentially, what we want to do now is we want to turn up. We want to use all the the positives we took from that Southampton game. But to do that, we, we obviously need good prep um, and we need a good atmosphere at the weekend. That's the biggest thing I'd say. I think Pompey as a team or Pompey as a club understand how... The fans can play a part. And by God, did they play a part in that Southampton game? And we're going to need that again. 16 players isn't just going to win us the game. We need 1,000 people at Wesley. We need all the staff and players to be on it. You know, and we got a couple of sessions, obviously, this week. We had one last night and it was really good, really focused. Um, and, you yeah, know, we're, we're obviously looking forward to the game now.
3: They are the only side to have beaten Pompey in the league this season. What learnings can you take from that defeat in the reverse fixture back in September?
6: I think we've accepted that on that day, we were below par and they were at their best and we come away with a 1-0 defeat. So we'll take we'll take some positives from that. We'll try to draw some positive from that. And then what we need to do is look at where we went wrong. Now, when you look at it, hashtag win games, 1-0, 2-1, 3-2. Every team that plays against hashtag are always in the game. Um, hashtag find a way to win those games and, and fair play to them. As I said, they are where they deserve to be. However, for us, it was about what didn't we do. What are our non-negotiables as a football club and as a team? We, we know what our non-negotiables are. Um, we're a pre- high-pressing, high-octane, high-energy team. And if you don't bring that energy, then you don't see our identity. And essentially, now that is the thing that's been drummed in all this week. Or intensity of our press, or intensity of our actions, intensity of the work we do on and off the pitch. And if we bring that intensity, then I'm sure then we'll put on a performance and essentially the result will be a byproduct of that.
3: What is your squad looking like ahead of this match? Are there any new injuries or suspensions to be made aware of?
6: No, so we we picked up obviously over the Christmas period and we had players that were away that come back in. So Emma Jones, was away and didn't train before the game, hence she was on the bench and Sophie Quick picked up an ankle injury, um, but she's back in full training now. Uh, Danny Lane picked up a dead leg at the weekend, but we anticipate her being back in training. Um, So we've got a full squad um, and we've also um, got a new signing that will be announced at some point this week which is obviously um, a massive addition for us. We obviously want to strengthen from a position of strength um, and we're excited with with this addition who will be available for the squad selection come Sunday.
3: Jay, as always, thank you so much for your time today. Wishing you and the team the very best of luck for Sunday's match.
6: Cheers, Jake. See you later, mate.
3: A reminder then that Portsmouth head into this one off the back of that 1-0 win away at Biliraki last weekend, whereas Hashtag are reeling from a 3-2 victory at MK Dons, who are now in sixth position. If you can't make it to the game on Sunday, fear not. We'll have all of the unmissable action in part two of the first Pompey Live Weekend of 2024. The team will be live with full pre-match build-up here on Express FM from one o'clock on Sunday afternoon with live commentary to come at kickoff from two. If you are lucky enough to be around on Sunday and able to make the game, then brilliant. Tickets are available on the club's e-ticketing website and there's a pay on the day option too. Season ticket holders for the men's team get discount as well. Head to portsmouthfc.co.uk for more information. Right, it's almost time to move on and bring Madden and Josh back into the show as we finalise our preview of Portsmouth vs Leighton Orient in League One this Saturday. But first, one final ad break of this evening's show. After which, we'll hear Kirsty Roxanne's report on the opposition and for pre-match thoughts of head coach John Massinho.
2: You know, a a decent side that's certainly a different from the side that we played in the second week of the season and and beat 4-0 at their place. I think they've made quite a few changes, a few players back from longer-term injuries. And yeah, a a side that's picked up, they've picked their form up, they've, um, they've been performing pretty well recently.
3: Stay with us for the conclusion of the Football Hour
0: here on Express FM. For the fans, by the
2: fans.
0: The Football Hour with Jake Smith on Express FM.
11: The world is your oyster. With many bus routes offering services late into the evening from 7pm every day, you can take advantage of a night Rider ticket, taking you from A to B and everywhere in between. Simply purchase your night Rider ticket on the bus or using the Stagecoach app to get unlimited travel anywhere on the whole of the Stagecoach South. So whether you're out with your mates, catching the latest blockbuster, on a late shift or just enjoying late night bus rides, visit stagecoachbus.com for timetable and ticket information. For the fans,
0: by the fans. The Football Hour with Jake Smith on Express FM.
3: Good evening and welcome back to the Football Hour here on Portsmouth's Express FM. Made for the fans, by the fans. Matt Corrick and Josh Sweetman alongside myself, Jake Smith, for tonight's instalment of Pompey Natter. They'll be reintroduced shortly. But first, we provide the lowdown on the Blues' next opponents in League One, and it's the side they've faced twice already this season. Kirsty Roxanne has more on Leighton Orient.
7: After disappointing 2-1 defeat at Wadham Road, the Blues left their last league match empty-handed. Now to head back to home soil for the third match of 2024. This
0: week's Opposition.
7: With a hectic festive period of back-to-back games and plenty of travelling on the road, John Massino's side have come out the other side having lost only three games so far this campaign while still sitting top of the league. The next opponents are Leyton Orient. Manager. Former midfielder Richie Wellens is at the helm for the O's. The 43-year-old began his career at Manchester United and went on to sign for Blackpool in 2000. Then after 191 appearances and 16 goals scored, he joined Oldham Athletic. Wellens became an instant fans favourite when he moved to Doncaster Rovers in 2007, helping the club get promoted to the Championship for the first time in 50 years. He also played for the likes of Leicester City and Shrewsbury Town, as well as non-league sides Salford City and Macclesfield Town. Oldham Athletic welcomed Richie Wellens back as a first-team coach following his retirement, but after their relegation to League Two, Wellens parted ways with the club and took over the manager role at Swindon Town. In 2020, Wellens won the League Two title with Swindon based on points per game as the season had been curtailed on account of the outbreak of COVID-19. He then went on to manage League Two outfit Salford, and during his time there beat Portsmouth 4-2 on penalties to secure victory in the delayed 2020 EFL Trophy final at Wembley. After a stint of 199 games in charge of Doncaster, Wellens was appointed head coach of Leighton Orient in March 2022, with the O's then in League Two. An unbeaten start to the season and an 100% record across September saw Wellens win the League Two Manager of the Month award for two consecutive months. He went on to steer the club to promotion, which was achieved in April 2023. One to watch. Dana J.E. is our one to keep tabs on this time around. The winger and makeshift striker started his youth career at ASC Wimbledon and went on to sign for Burnley. During his time at Turf Moor, he went out on loan to Coventry City, Walsall, and Blackpool. AJU joined Oxford United on a three year deal and after 66 appearances and eight goals, he moved on to Crew Alexandra, where he made 55 appearances and became the club's top goalscorer for the 2022 23 season after netting 16 league strikes. In June of last year, the now 26 year old signed for newly promoted Leighton Orient on a two year deal. He recently scored his first goal for the O's in a 2 0 win at Cambridge United on New Year's Day. AJU wears a number 7 shirt for the club.
0: Top scorer.
7: Orient's top goalscorer so far this campaign is Aral Soti-Ryu. The 23-year-old started his career with Leighton Orient's youth team and continued upwards with the club making his first senior appearance in 2017. Whilst at the club, Soti-Ryu has had loan spouts at Haybridge Swiss, Levered, Bishop Stortford, Chelmsford City, Hampton and Richmond and Dover Athletic. Soti-Ryu also represented Cyprus at under-19 and under-21 levels returning to Orient in 2019 he scored six goals in eight matches to steer the club away from the relegation zone. Throughout his time with the O's the number 10 has so far made 156 professional appearances scoring 33 goals. So far this campaign the striker has scored six goals.
0: Current form.
7: After being promoted to League One last season Orient currently sit comfortably in the middle of the pack in 12. Neither fighting for a second successive promotion or battling at the wrong end of the division either. The side have 32 points out of a possible 45 so far this season, and their last five games have returned three victories, one draw and one defeat. Richie and side were recently defeated in the second round of the FA Cup, thanks to a 1-0 loss away at Chesterfield, who of course dumped the Blues out in Round 1. With the January transfer window now open, neither Orient or Pompey have announced any new signings. So can the Blues pick themselves up after another defeat on the road and get back to winning ways in 2024? All of the admissible action on Pompey Live
3: thank you to kirsty there for giving us more of an insight into tomorrow's opponents for pompey at fratton park leighton orient who the blues have been victorious over twice already this season winning 4-0 at brisbane road in the reverse league fixture back in august and 2-1 in the group stages of the efl trophy in november that one was also away from home Right, John Bassinio up next. He's been speaking to George Wedlake ahead of tomorrow's meeting with Leighton Orient, first asking for his assessment of last weekend's defeat at Cheltenham. I thought we,
2: we dominated the game for large periods. I think the disappointing thing for me was the fact that we, we did exactly that but didn't create quite enough opportunities. We, we created more than enough to win the game but I think we need to do more when we're in positions in the final third. Uh, we need to test the goalkeeper a bit more. Um, I thought our crossing was a bit wayward. We were slightly too wasteful in, in one or two areas and uh, it didn't properly take advantage of some of the opportunities. And, and when we did, just didn't test the goalkeeper. So I think performance-wise, everything was um, was pretty solid. When we went 1-0 up, I thought we, we thoroughly deserved to do so. And yeah, just five minutes of madness. and We hadn't earned the right to make defensive mistakes and ultimately, we're punished against a side that defended well.
10: In terms of results lately, it's been a little bit up and down compared to what we saw at the start of the season. What's the key to getting back to that? Would you say?
2: I think that it obviously has been. Uh, I think it's, it's an interesting one. If you do actually sort of compare us to the start of the season, we you know we we saw ourselves under a lot of criticism at that point for um, a couple of draws, not scoring enough goals. There's always going to be patches in the season where, um, unfortunately, for for us and the consistency at this level that we we don't win every single game we've gone through some really good patches in form where we have one game after game after game and there's a couple of things I think that we have to make sure that we get right the first thing is performance we want to make sure our performance is good for the most part results come off the back of decent enough performances and um, some of those performances over the past five games have been really good and we haven't had an issue with them a couple I think ones that really stick out the second half against Fleetwood and I think the 90 minutes against Exeter I I thought we looked a bit jaded and and weren't really at it so the weekend for me uh, it wasn't a concern in terms of the performance yes we've got to put the ball in the back of the net and we've got to do a bit better but we know the group's capable of that they've they've done it consistently throughout the season and I think we've just got to move on and make sure we, we get a result of the weekend.
10: And it looks as though Josh Oluyemi's on his way. Where are we at with that one at the moment?
2: Yeah, the, the, the club and Josh are just making sure they work out the, the final part of that. I think it's going to be a beneficial move for uh, for Josh in terms of progressing in the next step in his career and um, you know moving along on amicable terms. And yeah, we wish Josh all the best. Nothing's finalised at the moment, but once it is, yeah, is, we'll wish Josh all the best and, and hope that he has, uh, goes on as a great career.
10: So the current goalkeeper situation at the club, are you satisfied with that one currently? Yeah, yeah, it's just as is. Any more outgoings expected over the next couple of weeks at all?
2: Uh, no, no, the only one is that we're working on is, is Denver and uh, at the moment nothing's imminent with him, but that's the that's the only outgoing that we expect from the squad. And incomings, any targets? Yes we've got plenty of targets that doesn't mean we're going to bring in um loads in terms of numbers 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 wise i think we're going to remain flexible but um our, our targets list is extensive it always is we've got a, a big short list uh, that we we always review and we always look upon if there are there are positions that we aren't going to strengthen we still have targets in those positions if that makes sense and a short list because you never know what's going to happen over the next few weeks so yeah plenty of, um, plenty of targets plenty of moving parts but nothing imminent at the moment.
10: Any positions that you're focusing on you know with a slightly more precisely looking at a bit more carefully at the moment?
2: I think the the obvious one with uh, with Robbo being out for the length of time he's out is um, is to maybe add add something in that area and um, I, it's, it's difficult to find someone with the flexibility that Robbo has in terms of playing as a six and as a ten but um, yeah certainly from from our perspective that's a player that we probably need to replace um, in the running considering we've we've had those. Uh, had a couple of injuries as well um, in and around there, so I think yeah, that's uh, that's really the one that's that's pressing. Apart from that, again, a lot of flexibility in terms of what we're looking at position-wise.
10: So Alex Roberts said, "What is the situation as we speak now?"
2: The the hamstring tear, the the scan uh, didn't come back with the news that we wanted, and it's quite a significant tear. So uh, he's back at Man City. He's getting um, a second opinion and on a, with a consultant in terms of what the next steps are for him. But it, it doesn't look likely he's going to be back before the end of the season.
10: Uh, any other injuries to report whilst we're talking about it?
2: I think in terms of uh, where we were we, we obviously spoke last week about uh, Zach Swanson and, and where he is um, he's had surgery as planned nothing major but just making sure we correct that uh, issue he's had with the groin uh, Tom Lowry is back in full training again he was obviously on the bench at the weekend but um, it's always good to, to keep going with him and, and get his fitness going Connor Ogilvie uh, should be back uh, he's very very close to returning to full training so if not the back end of this week then the start of next week for, for Connor but apart from that we're um, uh, after the weekend, with, with everyone we had to select for, and we're in a good spot.
10: Uh, next up, Leighton Orient coming to Fratton Park. Your thoughts on that ahead
2: of the game? Yeah, uh, you know, a, a decent side that's certainly a different from the side that we played in the second week of the season and, and beat 4-0 at their place. I think they've made quite a few changes, a few players back from longer-term injuries. Um, a side that's picked up, they've picked their form up, they've um, they been performing pretty well recently. And I think, yeah, certainly as a side that's come up from the uh, from the division below last year, they've performed really well. Um, solidified their place and are doing well. The
3: Gaffer there speaking with George Wedlake at the training ground on Thursday afternoon and um, probably our worst fears confirmed within that interview there Matt. John Bosino speaking to George Wedlake and uh, Andy Moon and all of the reputable um, news sources this week is that Alex Robertson is likely to miss the remainder of the season. Um, he of course did miss the game at Cheltenham last weekend. It's been confirmed that he has a hamstring tear and uh, he went back to Manchester City earlier in the week to have those scans which have confirmed it Pompey can't terminate the loan so he is a Pompey player till the end of the season regardless of whether he plays or not um, Matt initial thoughts on that news clearly, clearly
8: a big loss for, for Pompey and John senior I mean, you're not crying, Jake, I am. Um, I was when I heard it, don't worry. <laughs> it's probably the worst news. Well, I mean, second worst news we've had this season really are on pile with Paul, isn't it? I mean, losing that type of calibre of player is massive in, in a season where you've... You're probably saying you're sitting where you are because of a player like him being in the squad. I mean, he's he's been immense all season. Maybe one dip of form on one weekend <laughs> out of the, the rest of the games he's played, but... It's a humongous loss for us, and and absolutely gutted to not being able to see him play for the rest of the season. Um, a complete heartbreak, really, is is all I can kind of summarise at the moment with it. Um, yeah, massive loss, um, and to to get a player like that back down at Fratton Park of, of even the same quality as him is, is going to be an absolute, you know, miracle to be honest with you. <laughs> sums up Pompey's
3: luck a little bit, doesn't it, Josh? We've been here, we've done that December, January time. We lose key players, whether it's through injury or getting recalled by their parents' cl- uh, parent clubs. It seems to always happen to Pompey. Uh, and as Matt's alluded to, Regan Paul being injured uh, earlier in the season, being ruled out for the remainder of the campaign with his ACL. And now Alex Robertson, you can't help but feel, Josh, uh, that's probably two of Pompey's sort of best free players or most consistent players, at least, uh, out for the season.
9: Cast FC jake that's what it is yeah. um, i saw a tweet i saw a tweet earlier i can't remember who it was right it might have been pedro potentially and it was a picture of alex robertson regan paul and will norris just saying keep these three fit and promotions all ours and <laughs> it's that slow slow sort of like counting down for the third one to come in like they come in but they cut It's like buses and then they come in threes it, it's a huge he's it, a huge boss as matt said like we're we're not gonna have a player that of the quality again it's Although it's a slightly different scenario, it very much feels like the Ben Thompson situation. Um, we lost him, and, and it sort of all blew up in front of the rise. And yeah. I, I just, I, I just pray that the recruitment is good enough to um, to sort of replace him because it. Although, and then again, he's, he's irreplaceable in my opinion. Like he, he slotted into that that six when Morel was was gone, and he it just makes things look effortless. Yeah. Um, and, it, and I think the number ten position now is. It is crucial in terms of recruitment um the only thing i hope is that we we do try and recruit a 10 sort of an eight slash 10 rather than someone that can probably play centre mid and then can probably move forward like we, we need that creative aspect because so although we are top colby bishop hasn't quite had the service at all, or someone running off him in the last couple of weeks so yeah he's, he's an unbelievable player but we just need to get the replacement right
3: If any of the coaching staff are listening, please wrap. I mean, wrap all of the players up in bubble wrap between now and the end of the season, please. But in particular, please, please, please wrap in bubble wrap. Colby Bishop, Will Norris and Paddy Lane because we can't lose any more of Pompey's crucial, crucial players this season. Wrap them all up, obviously, but those three in particular need to be keeping an eye on, especially with Bishop's injury already this season. Can't be doing with any more knockbacks. Um, in regards to that replacement, then, Matt, a number 10 potentially coming in, or, or should be, uh, we hope, uh, a, a target for John Monsignor and Richard Hughes during the transfer window. Um, have you got your eye on anyone in particular? We know that people like Cameron Brannigan and John Swift have been rumoured according to the, the social media chain but anyone catches you right in particular
8: i mean i'm gonna go big or go home here jake to honest with you and, and put it out there that dan crowley for me is is probably the the closest we're going to get to robertson <clears throat> in in that sense i think to be honest with you we need to to go get in and, and get someone like that really really quickly otherwise he's going to end up following um you know luke williams down to swansea um, we could probably get him at cut price off a League Two club at the moment, and, and I think you know his, his stats and form this season. It's ten goals, seven assists uh, mm. in League Two. Um, it would complement. He gets forward a bit more than Robertson as well in terms of overlapping the striker. So you know all the qualities are there for me, and, and I think it would be a massive statement signing.
3: Yeah, a uh, big chance, of course, with Alex Robertson being out injured for the remainder of the season. Josh potentially. For Tom Lowry if he can stay fit?
9: Yeah, there is. I mean, I think Tom Lowry is very good with the ball, very good in possession. I, I just don't think he's got that ability to break lines uh, and players in an advance midfielder. He might, it might prove me wrong, but it wouldn't surprise me if, I, if we saw his name on a team sheet soon um, alongside Moran Pack. But yeah, I, I really like Tom Lowry. It, it's a shame with his injuries, but I just, I don't see him as that 10. Going back to sort of Matt, what Matt was saying, I, I would eat my own hat, literally, if John Swift or Cam Brannigan were the, were the sign that we signed. <laughs> the ones that I'd actually like to look at would be Owen Moxon, mm. uh, um, Carlisle, who had a really good season last year, and um, I think it's Dan Kemp, who was on loan at Swindon, just gone back to N.K. Don's so his, his numbers for us all in attacking midfield have been absolutely outstanding this season.
3: And we are just running out of time, Matt, but in a, in a not a one word, but a one phrase answer. Who starts in that number 10 role tomorrow against Leighton or in, in your opinion?
8: I I mean I, I think the the probably the maybe obvious, not so obvious, is, is Devlin. Mm. I think we've seen it a couple of times this season. I mean, his performance at Reading was, was outstanding. And if if he could maybe pull a couple of them off while we're, we're looking to get that role in, then, you know, that would be perfect for me. Um, so, yeah, I'd, I'd probably like to see Devlin, if
9: anything, really.
3: Devlin says, Matt, what about you, Josh? Uh,
9: I think being at home and a lack of options in a 10, I, I think I would go for Sadie. I have a feeling that it might be Gavin White again.
3: Lovely stuff. Chaps, thank you very much. Uh, Mike Briscoe on X saying, with Robertson out, I'll be seeking an attacking midfielder with proven experience. I'm focusing on players who've demonstrated skills for years and are currently in good form too, leading me to explore other options in League Two potentially as well. The thoughts there of Mike Briscoe on Twitter. Um, some more here. Steve Bones saying, terrible news for Pompey, R.E. Robertson. Huge chance for Tom Lowry if he can stay fit. Remember how good he was when he first got into the side last season. Uh, Steve Bone there Uh, on X and Blake O'Neill saying Matt Macy being back in familiar surroundings under a manager that wanted him before Norris with the ability to push Norris or break him into the team. I think it's a good option, says Blake O'Neill on X and just one final one. Luke Ellis saying Matt Macy is a great signing to compete with Norris. You need lots of quality players to win promotion. He won't be on cheap wages either. So in my opinion, it's great business and shows a statement of our intent to try and get out of the league this season. Come on, play up on Peter Luke Ellis on x there um just another quick one as well a reminder for tomorrow's game and uh, there will be a proposed minutes applause during the match, uh, the 67th minute, um, Neil Hunt on X uh, saying, Could I please ask the Pompey fan base to help my family pay tribute to our father, Chris, who sadly died in November? Uh, with a minute's applause in the 67th minute this weekend, a lifelong supporter raised in Portsmouth. So, uh, Pompey fans, if you're tuning into the show tonight, if you're heading to Fratton Park tomorrow, please could we help Neil and his family with a minute's applause in the 67th minute in tribute for his father, Chris, who sadly passed away? back in november right going to come on to one other piece of news before we do wrap up the show daisy mclaughlin former pompey women's player has resigned. signed for Jay Sadler's side, uh, Daisy McLaughlin has signed for Pompey and will be available for Sunday's visit of Hashtag United in the FA Women's National League Southern Premier Division, a game you can catch here on Express FM from one o'clock. Right, score prediction time then. Um, Matt Corrick, I need to call you Matt Macy then, Matt. Your score prediction, please. Pompey versus Leighton Orient tomorrow at Fratton Park. How do you see this one going?
8: I would have deserved that one, Jack. Um, I, mean, Jake, um... I should have done it. I should have called you Matt Macy. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll, I'll be honest I think we're going to get back on track I think it might be a little bit nervous but I'm going to go for a 1-0
3: 1-0 says Matt thank you very much Matt Josh what do you reckon
9: 2-1 blues, and I usually predict a draw so that's positive for me
3: <laughs> chaps thank you very much Matt Corrick first of all it's been a pleasure to have you back on the football my friend
8: as always Jake and uh, hopefully we'll be back on soon to, to chat
9: up all things Monday
3: absolutely I'm sure we will Josh Sweetman as well thank you very much for calling in this evening have a great weekend
9: See you next time,
3: Jake. Well, that is all from the football hour this evening. Thank you ever so much for everyone for tuning in to tonight's show. Your next football fix comes in just under 21 hours' time. Part one of a double header of Pompey live this weekend. It all commences at Fratton Park for the visit of Leyton Orient in League One.
1: Here we go, Pompey live.
6: Pompey were unable to back up their three points on New Year's Day. Back shop Next up, our first Pompey Live Weekender of 2024 takes place with the men hosting Leighton Orient before the women welcome hashtag United to Wesley Park. Join us for all of the unmissable action Saturday afternoon from 2.
0: Every kick, every goal, every game is right here on Express FM, Pompey Live with Aquacars.
3: Join myself, Robbie James and former Pompey women's assistant coach James Wilson from two o'clock tomorrow afternoon for the next round of Pompey Live, bringing you all of the action of Portsmouth versus Leighton Orient in League One. Okay, well that may be all from us here on the Footblower tonight, but your Friday night is only just getting started. From 9 there'll be a groovy blend of retro soul, R&B and beat music with Hip Shaker before Express Hits takes you through from 11 to the early hours of Saturday morning. Before all that though, School Days with Steve Randall is up next right after the news at 7. Your next helping of the football Hour comes on Monday evening from 6 to deliver full reaction to tomorrow's game and you can see the full list of fantastic shows coming up over the next seven days either on our website expressfm.com or the very best way to do that would be by downloading the expressfm app until next time pompey fans enjoy the rest of your evening and have a great weekend school days with steve randall is up next